Preseason is upon us. The first preseason game is Saturday. Now, be straight with me. Come Saturday night, are you going to look on StubHub at the last second for some $15 tickets to get in that building? I'll look. Uh, we're not going to find them. I guess I guess LeBron not playing might lower the ticket. But it's Yeah, he Lakers. just lowered. Lakeup is like, dude, can you not announce that before the game starts? <laughs> I'll look. To, I'll look. I just had to put down five, uh, five million for uh, for the WNBA franchise here. Yeah, yeah. Is that a, is that a topic today? Oh yeah, We're definitely. Oh yeah. We should talk about it first. I just kind of wanted to, you know, we know preseason's coming. We'll talk about Saturday's game. We'll talk about all the Chris Paul noise. We'll talk about the Draymond injury. But yeah, the big news is the WNBA franchise. The uh, there was a press conference today with Lakeup, Goober. Um, I forget London the Breed, the WNBA commissioner Malika Andrews. Malika Andrews is who hosted it. Yeah, who was who was the, the uh, who was the Warriors yo- the younger the, guy? That's uh, Brendan Brandon Schneider. I follow him on Twitter. I think he's just the CEO or the COO of the Warriors. I forget what. Yeah, he did a lot of the talking. He did more of the talking than uh, Lakeup and and Goober did. Yeah. And so COO Brandon Schneider of the Warriors. And so did you ever figure out? Is it going to be 24 or 25 when they start? I didn't figure it out. I tried to read a couple articles to see. At the Athletic has posted crap, man. I don't know what their coverage of the WNBA is, but I read Mark, a couple on the Chronicle. Yeah. And Killian and, and then Connor, I forget, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but they did stories about it. But no, there's. I, I swear, though, I heard during the press conference that they were talking about an expansion draft in 2024, which would make no sense yeah, unless it it's wouldn't after the sense. season. But... Yeah, they, they were talking about, like, timeline. I don't know, here's the draft, and here's this expansion draft in 2024. I don't know, maybe they just had their dates mixed up, but to me, it sounded like there was a chance we got to draft next year. And if we did, it's a big draft. Um, a lot of NCAA Women's College of Basketball is at, like, peak viewership. You got Caitlin Clark. You got uh, Paige Bukers. You got Cameron Brink from Stanford. There's, um, I think, Haley Van Leith and Angel Reese, both on LSU this year. Like, there, it's a lot of talent of potential players to come out and, and, and enter the draft this next season. Um, but if the Warriors can't or whoever, whatever the team name ends up being, and they can't, they can't draft till the next year, you know, there is an argument that a player like Caitlin Clark, who's making a ton on NIL would decide to stay in fifth college. year, it stay in college because she's making more money in college. And then, you know, start like kind of run with the, I, I, if I'm like her agent or her marketing advisor, like I'd be like, Hey, like, if the Warriors, like, I don't know how expansion drafts work, because this is the first time an expansion has ever happened in my lifetime that I'm paying attention to, because the Dream, Atlanta Dream was added in 08, but I, I didn't wasn't paying attention to the WNBA, the WNBA back then. But I'd assume the Warriors get the first pick in the draft, or the second well, pick, them if, or Portland. If it's them or Portland, and Portland's the other team that is rumored to be joining to make it a league of 14. And I do think it's 2025, by the way. I think she may have misspoken about 2024, because the 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 way that I read the timeline, which is college basketball season goes through April, right? Beginning of April is kind of when it ends. Mm-hmm. Then you have the WNBA draft. Now she said before the WNBA draft would be this expansion draft. Oh, no, no, she said it would be after the WNBA. I can't remember. No, no, the the expansion draft would be before the actual draft, and then that in the would season happen. plays. That then then the season starts like you know a couple months after that, so it has to be twenty five. It has to be. I don't know. She must have misspoke. Yeah, so and she that's just misspoke totally possible because I or seen, I misheard. <laughs> well, I I've seen the stories before today. It all said twenty five would yeah. be the season that they start, yeah. and so then if you go from twelve, you have one more year. So they the the finals is uh, starts what this weekend. Finals start on Sunday. So you finish out this season. Uh, best of five between Vegas and New York, New York. And then next year after, after college basketball is over, then you have the 24 season. The following year is when they would draft and they would do the expansion draft. And then they, they would do all that stuff. So uh, I would assume that both of those teams would get one or two, and then they would, they would probably have to flip a coin. Now um, if the WNBA, I mean, the WNBA wants to uh it would be best I'm just saying it right now it would be best if Caitlin Clark ended up in a Golden State 
uniform. And I don't know if they want to rig it of some sort, but it would make sense if the, the girl who we were, ta- we were talking in our in our PlayStation chat last night, Caitlin Clark pulls up like Steph from the volleyball line. Mm-hmm. That's And if she, you know, you could run with the marketing campaign of, you know, Steph's on his last years. Caitlin Clark comes in to take the next era of Warriors women's basketball. Like it, there, there's a there's a lot of money to be made in this scenario. Under Armour deal, you know. So, hey, if you want to rig that first pick to us, Portland, Portland Fire, they'll probably be you guys. Well, that was the old day. They, they, they used to have a franchise, right? In Portland. Yeah, it was Portland Fire. Um, I don't like the, that. The Fire? Like, why, why would you want to be I like fire? It. You it's already have fun names. Team. I like it. Talk about it. it's fun names in the WNBA. There's, but all they, it does names is that don't end in, in S. Yeah, that's true. All the, the, that's all their G crazy. League team. They actually just introduced a G League team in the past couple months, and they're called the Remix, the Portland Remix. I like that. Well, what did you think about Malika's suggestion, the Bay Area hyphy? I was not with it. <laughs> I was not with it. Well, here's what I was you do. I expecting something good. Okay, here's what you do. You get uh, you get some rappers in the Bay Area. Uh, none other than E40, maybe, and, and Mr. Fab. Uh, those would be the two I would get. Pilo. And you go, hey you know, let's go to the community. Let's hear what the community wants. Those guys are creative guys. They could come up with some of the marketing. And then I would just kind of stir the interest around it. I had one that I don't think makes a ton of sense, but if you want to play off, because Lakeup kept saying, we're going to do the Bay Area. We're going to play off of the Bay Area. It's probably not going to be Warriors. I think the Warriors would, would be a little silly if they named them after the Warriors. The Lady War. None, none of that stuff. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, no, it's stupid. I. What so about... The splash. That's off of the Warriors. That's because of the Warriors. No, no, no. But it is based off of their their the it, Bay. The, the Bay Area it rains every once in a while. Like I, I, I think the last time I mentioned the breeze. I like the breeze. The Bay Area breeze. There's a the Bay Area Breakers. But we we looked up and there's like some sort of team name already using the Breakers. Um, the Bay Bombers was the old roller derby team name and bombers bomb from three that mm-hmm. makes sense a little bit that bom- bombers in today's yeah. lingo a little bit of war ish uh, i'm not yeah. sure if that's the best but that's why i thought of splash because there's a link to the splash brothers and you would want steph to have some sort of relationship to this team doesn't that word just feel a little too like almost informal for a team name and like the splash. word is weird it, yes. it's a weird word for sure it's not a noun it's a it's a it's a verb technically like the splash brothers it is used as an adjective but the actual word is a verb it's to you know it's you splash something something splashes around so yeah mm. it, does, it doesn't make a lot of sense but i was trying to think of something that is unique to the bay and also what about what, what happens related to the warriors lake up wants to keep um lake up wants to keep it bay area but what happens if the oakland group who's been pushing to get a team what happens if they get a team we can't have the bay area team and then o- like an oakland team. i don't I, I don't think i don't think they will i don't think the the i think the WNBA. you know maybe if you get to like 25 30 teams then maybe there's room for two in the bay area but you you need to spread it it's around. So, it's so interesting how like the, even Sacramento, that guy from uh, who mentioned Sacramento, yeah. it, right when he said that, I was like, no, they're too close. Like that was my initial thought was they're too. My close initial to Vegas. thought was just like not yet. Yeah, but we but, went to that. We we went to that area. It would be for, perfect. It would be perfect for a, a for a WNBA team. But I think there are other markets that I don't know if more deserving is the right word, but just seems like they'd be more ready to handle that. The women's basketball, it's on a surge. Like, it's ready to get going. Like, what are the major markets that are still missing out on a team? We need to get teams there. And I think uh, Florida is another one that I don't think has a team. SoCal only has one team. You know, they always historically have two teams, um, which I think is why NorCal should get two teams. Those are also two flaky areas, though. There's so much stuff going on in L.A. There's a lot of – depending on where you go in Florida – uh, like Miami would be a Miami. terrible place. No, because oh yeah, the Heat can't even draw right. Like yeah. there's so much stuff going on that they that yeah. it's really hard. So I would go to yeah, you know they mentioned Denver. I thought Denver was an interesting one, the NBA champions. But uh, yeah, I heard they weren't um, putting a, like a, a substantial bid on a team. Which yeah, I, I mean some of the stuff I did you don't even think of, but it makes sense. Um, I know Toronto. She was mentioning Toronto. I remember they did a preseason game there and it went nuts. Um. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I think I think the Bay is perfect. It, it made way too much sense. Like, you know, like the ties to, 
like you were talking about the San Jose Lasers. Why is it that? Maybe that should just be a team name. I don't know if it's cursed <laughs> or something, but yeah, I'm having trouble thinking of team names. So, so I asked I'm interested somebody. In what it's gonna be. So remember, I told the story of where. Uh, I had this like vision that I was doing San Jose Lasers play by play. And then the next day at school, I walked right next to their best player, Jennifer AZ. So I reached out or I just tweeted at uh, Marcus Thompson. He didn't reply back, but somebody saw, I the, saw tweet. the tweet. Yeah, I saw somebody the tweet. saw the tweet and they said that she works for Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. she may not be even available to come back to the Bay. She may. I mean, she's working with the best franchise right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I thought that would be fun because there was like, um, now you wouldn't know this, but when I was younger, they were the top college basketball team in the Bay Area. Like it wasn't Stanford men, it wasn't Cal men, it wasn't San Jose State men, it was Stanford women. That mm. was the iconic team when I was growing up in the Bay Area in the mid to late 80s. It was always the Cardinals women head, headed by uh, Coach Tara Vanderveer. So in this area, you know, we don't really hear the, the Stanford women's team is still excellent every year. Like Stanford men, Cal men, Cal women, so up and down. San Jose State, let's not even talk about San Jose State. That is the consistent program in the Bay Area when it comes to college sports. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense to have a team out here and you have this bridge between, you know, Stanford and, and this this pro team and, you know, I, I I just it just seems sound to me. And the fact that Stanford is good, there's an immediate bridge to the Bay Area. Like if somebody in Stanford becomes the next Caitlin Clark or, or Paige. Uh, well, you know, the the actual like isn't um, who who's Cameron Brink's godparent? Is it is it Del Curry or is it um, Son- Sonia? You tell me. I don't know. It's one of the two, though. So that's where like did she Cameron- go to school? She's Stanford. She's a center. I know, but where did she go to like to high school? Did, did she like, grow up around grow? here? I think she else? grew up in the Bay. I don't. I don't know the her like AAU or high school backstory though. But yeah, she's like um, Steph. Oh, is always at Stanford supporting her purely because you know that's it. it seems like I've seen like previous videos. Like they they look like they semi grew up together. So you there's know, some are, there's some sort of connection there. Yeah. And and look, the, here's the other thing. I hate it when podcasters say and look by the way cuz it's a it's a it's an audio medium and you can't actually look when you're listening so I apologize for using and look and listen <laughs> but uh and here another one of my least favorite ones is uh, here's the thing and I was about to say here's the thing the NBA and we've seen this from uh the superstars of today Kevin Durant is in, investing in volleyball teams and pickleball teams and all of these things the WNBA could grow through investment by NBA players, which they so just allowed in the, the new game. CBA, which right? They just allowed. So if Steph, like, I have no idea if Steph has a piece or wants a piece of this Bay area WNBA team, you, but if to. he did, he, he signed a $200 million contract. He makes multi-millions with Under Armour. I, I don't know what his uh, what his statement said. You know, he's not like a three billion guy like like Mr. Michael Jordan or anything. But that would be an avenue for him as he ages out of his Warriors career to keep his foothold in the Bay Area and to then be this proponent of women's college or women's basketball with his two daughters. So I, I, I just think you know, it's a natural fit, yeah. man. I, I love the idea of it. You know who would be a player that um, I would be shocked if if he wasn't interested in, in jumping in on ownership like Buster Posey did with the Giants, former Warriors Key player. Santos. No, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Iguodala. I, yeah, I, I, I think I, I totally think he would be someone who'd be interested in that. The thing about Iguodala to me, though, is he is so interested in the tech side of things. Like that seems to be a passion of his is like this tech side. So this is not, I mean, you're not running a tech company. You may use analytics and and tech in an interesting way for, for an operation, but uh, it's, it's a much different thing, right? It's, it's, it's all marketing and it's presentation and it's working with the TV network. And that, that doesn't seem maybe as fun as, you know, figuring out product and, figuring out how to get this product in more people's hands and you know that kind of thing seems probably more his side but who knows like i mean talk you're talking about a smart dude as well so 
he probably has a, a couple of spots that he can pick. Yeah. But that's and, what I, that's what I want to see. And this is an underrated thing about the growth of the WNBA is the more that the NBA players support it and the more that they get involved in it, the more awareness it goes to the WNBA. Because now think about this. We know that the NBA season plays from October through the finals in June, and then the rest of it is draft and free agency. And they do a pretty good job of keeping up the you know with information and you know shams and and woge you know there's information but it's not like it's a year-long thing now if you could make the WNBA interesting for the entire season then the NBA and the WNBA together have this like full year rotation of just constant information and news Mm -hmm. and some of that would be if some of these NBA players these famous 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 players decide to invest or decide to work with the teams or decide to you know do something marketing wise and and lend their support in that way i think that could be a really cool thing and you know honestly i don't think that they would do it without the possibility of ownership so i think if you are the owner of the i'm trying to think of a random WNBA team atlanta you know and, and trey's like hey I got 20 million I want to put into the team or I got 10 million that I want to put in the team. You should sort of just do it so that he's around and so that he, he's kind of a little bit of the voice uh, of it to bring awareness. I think that's like easy money right there. Yeah. 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 I think one thing that, you know, this is a warriors podcast. So I think one thing that warriors fans might take out of, out of this whole endeavor is that clay Thompson made a statement today about the WNBA team. And that he said, summer's just got a whole lot interesting. I am excited. He said, this is not word for word what he said. I'm paraphrasing. I think he said something like, summer's got more exciting. I'll be making the boat ride from, I think he's at the, uh, oh man, what Sausalito area kind of in that, a little north of that. He's going to yep. take his boat to back to Chase and watch those games. And what that means is that I think he's about to take a nasty pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just convinced like that guy just like wants to be in the bay. Like it's, he loves his boat rides. What an amazing commute to take a boat ride to work. He loves the area he's in. Like I would be shocked if this guy was like, okay, you're lowballing me. Like the only other team is the Lakers. The yeah, dad, that'd be the other dad, team. He'd Kobe. That for. But I, I even think like that there's just not, this is the most ideal. He's just so happy with his like life outside of basketball right now. I can't imagine him. Uh, not not being on this team. So with that being said, you know he's already saying he's he's going to go watch those games in the summer. Maybe maybe there's a nasty, there's a low ball coming. Can we or bring his pops pick. up here? Can we just give his pops a job so that the LA thing is like not an option? I know. Let's just, always, wait, I mean, let's just tell. Let's say okay, you you come up here. You know we'll give Kalena, you know, a, a game off here and there. You pop in. You isn't do the, he you radio? Do the radio side? You do the radio yeah. side with uh, with Tim. And and yeah, I think that would be awesome because sometimes Tim, I think sometimes Tim does them with Tolbert, but sometimes he does them by himself too. So that let, let's let's is Barnett it. not doing uh, it anymore? You know what, Barnett may be doing the road games, and maybe Tolbert does the home games. But I still mm. see that Tim may do some by himself. So I just I never listen right. to the the radio. I don't. I mean, I don't either. When I was younger and when I was commuting a lot more, I would have. I to. listen to it for the Giants, but not for the Warriors. I'm always watching it. I think. All right, so as people could tell, we are very excited for this uh, WNBA team, and and we'll probably have some sort of presence as long as this network exists. We, you know, whether it's a segment on this show, the Death Lineup, or we kind of do our own. I would love to find somebody, uh, you know, to actually do a WNBA podcast, and mm-hmm. that would be a lot of fun just to mm-hmm. have so you know help somebody kind of get their feet wet and, and get this whole thing going and teach them mm-hmm. how to do this. That would be fun. So, if there are any takers out there, any interest, you know, any young people who are interested in women's basketball, let's let's do it. Let, let's get it going. All right, let's talk about Chris Paul and Steph Curry. Uh, there seems to be lots of information about these guys and how they're specifically making sure that people know that they're working together in these drills and, you know, Steph doing a drill and CP doing a drill and Steph helping him do this drill and CP, you know, just being like, this isn't new for me. I've been doing these drills forever. Like there, I, I guess I never realized what the relationship was when Steph was much younger. Like 
being in that area, obviously, and Chris Paul is is playing out there, I guess there was this, you know, hey, I kind of want to be like this guy thing back in the day when Steph was like in, in high school and such. Yeah, no, I, if, I mean, none of it's video documented. We've never really seen like their relationship, but it sounds like they were tight, like, you know, big brother or mentor type of figure for when Steph was out there and, and CP was playing out there as well. So um, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. They are, they are definitely, you know, Slater got the clip out of them running some of the Warriors actions together. Steph said today that it's going to be mad fun to play with CP. I've <laughs> never heard Steph use that type of language whatsoever. Uh-huh. So um, maybe that's something to look forward to. Maybe Steph could help figure out what the nickname is for this WNBA team. Now he's, he's getting a little creative. <laughs> uh, so what do you think the fit is going to be like now they get this little break. It's, it's, it's a break in a sense that they don't have to bring CP off the bench in the preseason. Now Draymond sprains the ankle because of that. Now we, you know, CP and, and Steph are going to start in the, in the preseason. Do you see like in my head, the vision that I have is Chris just runs the second team and it's Kaminga and it's Sarich and it's Wiggins and he's just kind of, you know, he he's being ultimate point guard where Steph doesn't necessarily necessarily play point guard. Draymond kind of plays point guard more than Steph does. And and it's just Chris running the show. But if Chris is with the first team, him and Draymond are almost too similar in what they do that I kind of wonder if it would be a bad fit. Yeah, um that's definitely you know, I mean, there's they're definitely going to have the lineups out there where it's, you know, fast five, but instead of JP, it's CP. Like, they can't not try it and see how it goes. But, yeah, there is that, you know, when Draymond just gets the ball and takes off running and is trying to, like, pass it, you know. Yeah, where does whole, CP go? Like, where he's is running he the break. Situation? Draymond's running the break. Steph knows that he's going to his spot. Does CP just go to the Does he just corner? trail or does he yeah, trail? Does he, tra- does he trail for the bailout for when Draymond yeah. jumps in the air with nothing to do and CP yeah. just like right there? That's Honestly, that's, that's what I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm intrigued at how they work that out. But then again, no Draymond, at least for three weeks. So we won't exactly see what happens there. And I know that CP does not want to be just like the guy who helps these young players, but I am so interested to see if he could help unlock jk because you saw the contract that devin vassell just signed oh my gosh you stop it there see devin vassell just gets buried because he plays for the san antonio spurs who haven't had anything exciting since duncan retired he he, he scored 18 points a game and played half the season last year and he made 145 million yeah, I mean that number is just going to keep getting in higher and higher each year. I think he's deserving. I think there's about I have him as a as my MIP candidate. I, I I'm in a pencil or I'm going to write it in pen that I think he's going to win that. It's award. not that he's not a good player. It's that he hasn't proven anything on the court that we are used to when it comes to these large contracts. And so if I'm JK, I'm like, oh my god, like. I'm not going to lie. He's proven way, way more than JK has. Well, JK's, it's just... JK's been on a winning team, though. JK has a championship. Like, there are things outside of numbers that if you're JK, you're like, you know, what has this guy done? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if I'm a team who's thinking about paying JK, I don't think one-time champion comes factors into anything. Like, he really didn't contribute outside, like, just the Memphis series for a game or two. Um, but I, I'm really interested with the JK thing, because I think – JK's full potential is when he unlocks shot creation. Like, you know, Slater has said multiple times that he thinks he's a he's a potential all-star. Like, that's the type of ceiling that mm-hmm. even Anthony Slater, who I really trust his basketball opinion, has for Jonathan Kaminga. And that's what I've kind of rolled with that, too. And I you see it all. But it's like, they're never going to let him shot create. Like, it's just never going to happen on this team where he has the ability to do that. He's not ready to do that one once. And to be able to be ready to do that, you have to do it and and go through some of the ups and downs of and the Warriors and the Warriors just don't have that uh opportunity to allow him to do that. They need to win games. So, okay, okay, and- I, I I see what you're saying. However, if JK did more of the dirty work that they want him to do, which is clean up some of the rebounds, play a little bit of defense, run harder on the break, you know, play harder when he knows that he's not the first option. If he does those things, then you get rewarded with opportunity. 
And maybe Kerr's I mean, he like, did hey, that stuff. Though we watched that, we were we said on this podcast multiple times. Like, I think it started in January when he came back from that injury. He was just, I think it was the Pelicans game, like last possession. He just rips it from Ingram, like at the three point line, and he, like all those hustle plays. Like he was doing that. It was like this guy's going to be a staple piece in the rotation. Boom, DMPs against the Kings and the Lakers. Like I know, but you just you got to do it for got, more than yes, one. I agree two with you. Or three games, like you got that. It just has to be in you. And he, I think that's. I think if you. If if and if this is the thing with young players and just young people in general, right? Like when you're older, you live through some stuff and you go, dang it, if I just knew that thing when I was 21, I would have skipped through so many situations of of of, of scabs and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But what actually gets you to those moments is dealing with those ups and downs, and that's how you kind of get to that knowledge and get to that wisdom. Touching the stove, essentially, too. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc and if you tell JK, hey, here's what's going to happen. If you do this, 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 and this, then Kerr is going to give you a little bit more freedom on offense to do what you do. But he's not going to do that until you dial in on these things, which he believes is necessary to unlock as, as a quality minutes player. Because, you know, I'm not, I'm not given, uh, you know, he's not given GP those minutes without GP dialing it in on on defense and hustle plays right like if gp was just like ah i'm just gonna just gonna kind of chill gp won't won't get off the bench because he doesn't do he doesn't even have half of the skill set that that jonathan does so when you're in a team like that and it's really about your playing time is based off of how hard you play and how smart you play you know jk wants that freedom then he, he he probably needs to do a little bit more to what the coach wants which may not be sexy it may not be interesting but it's that sort of uh, nose to the grindstone kind of thing. And then it'll unlock some freedom. And then it's like, oh, JK is first off the bench today. Like, what's going on? But that's how basketball generally works. You know, it should be a meritocracy. It's not always, but that's kind of how it works is the people who earn the minutes get to play. And I think if he if he had that in his mind of like, I get it. This is a this is a game. I have to prove this, this, and this, and I will get that. Uh, he he would probably be kicking himself in the butt for not doing it last year. I think the kicking in the butt moment is going to be when he allowed himself to get drafted by the Golden State Warriors and not win a pick later, so he can just get forty eight minutes a game and get this Devin Vassell contract. Yeah, but, um, but look, it doesn't always work. Look at Jalen Green. He's about to get the contract. <laughs> I mean, he's going to get it. He's going to get the contract. And is he ever going to play on a winning team? I, I think there's good. I think so. Like, I, I like what they're doing. I don't know if he's the, I don't know if he's the guy to go at yet. You know, I see where he could still totally fall off pretty easily, but I, I think the whole thing, when people keep saying I'm waiting for, I want to see what CP does to unlock Jonathan Kaminga. Like I've said it too. Like when I think about it, it's like, what is there to unlock except for consistency and what he did from January to April last year. Just effort. Yeah. So what he That's did what from January like to April. it sounds like to me is effort. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, I, I don't see, I, I, I'd be surprised if he's allowed to cook a little bit. And, and that, no, and no emo stuff on uh, social media either, JK. Uh, <laughs> if I'm your I, social media manager, no, no more of that garbage, especially when you don't play well. Like say, save the social media for when you're cooking, you have a good game, you get 20 and eight, then you post on social media, you get a DNP and people are talking about, you know, 
talking about you in a passive aggressive way in, in the media. No social media. Take it away. Take away his phone. <laughs> I'm zero, really zero dark though, 30 like LeBron. Like you think about we talked about what is JK and Moody going into year three now. Yeah, I think it's just crazy how I don't think you can say for sure that both of them will be in the rotation. Like in like when we get down to the playoffs, what is Kurgo seven or eight? I don't know if you can say Moody's in that when he should be, you know, you start going down the list, you have your starting five, then you have CP and then you have, do you go GP? Do you go uh, Saric? Do you, you know, there's just, there's a, there's just like those vets that they lean on that. It, I just, I wouldn't be shocked again if we get another Anthony Lamish situation where it's like, why is this guy getting minutes over Moody? Why is Rodney Magruder just steal the 14th <laughs> spot from Rudy Gay and he's getting minutes over uh, Moses Moody and, it's just like I wouldn't be surprised if that situation arises again, and I, I just I can't even believe it might. Yeah, some of that stuff that Kerr may have thought was coaching or tough love probably did work against them last year, and I'm sure. Uh, and so this is the other thing. The other thing that we we haven't really talked about the elephant in the room or the lack of elephant in the room is Jordan Poole, right? Because if mm-hmm. Jordan Poole is the young close to being the all-star and Kaminga and Moody and, and maybe PBJ, they look at pool as like, Oh, there is an opportunity there. You know, in this team, you can be a, be an offensive leader, but at the same time, he Jordan pulled the way that he played his personality, rubbed some people the wrong way. He, you know, we, as we've, said a hundred times defensively he just is he kind of a give up player and so without with the absence of Jordan Poole I wonder if those guys sort of don't have that leader of of the young guys there and 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 maybe who you think he was setting a standard for the young guys that were that you know I don't I don't know the relationships but like if you look at the way that team is structured Steph at 35 years old how does Steph, the businessman, relate to PBJ, who's like 19 years old and still gets pimped? Exactly. It would make total sense that this team had clicks last year because they're mm-hmm. so separated in that age gap. And Wiggins is probably like, oh, which one do I join? Which generation? Do I go with the Gen X kids or do I go with the millennials? Um, I, all I, the all the dudes who are married and have kids probably have yeah, way so more. Yeah, so Wiggins did go with Steph. But yeah, yeah it, 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 it would, wouldn't surprise me yeah, if JP... You know, being the same age, around the same age as J.K. Moody, PBJ, and Rollins at at times, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would not be shocked if they all kind of had their own little friend group um, within the the team. You know, we we think our our, I think we think sometimes that our teammates are all just like best friends, and that's just not always the case. And I think the more and more we hear about the J.P. situation with T.K., you know, Kawakami keeps saying stuff. It's like the more and more it does seem like. Like he, re- it really was just like a nuisance just to have him there. It's not even like totally what about, his fault. What about TK on Ethan's podcast, straight up saying, "I didn't like Jordan, and he didn't like me, and that was okay." <laughs> <laughs> it's old school of him, you know. Like I feel like the the our my generation, we we take that personally, and we're, we're like we like we can't like get over it. Whereas... it was, I just I, I found a paywall behind the paywall. Kawakami was awesome. He was a little bit. I more need to listen to that. I haven't listened forth, to it. For, forthcoming on stuff that I was, and he dropped like two f bombs. Like what? Oh my god! Where did Kawakami oh come god. from on his pocket? Look, look at that! The podcaster that Ethan has become to get people to uh, express themselves a little bit more. Uh, yeah, so that um, you know, we we always sort of dovetail into talking about these younger guys and hoping that they, because I mean, it, Moody, J.K., one of these two guys unlocking potential is kind of what we've been waiting for and what we've been dying to see is seeing how they can help this team. Um, what do you think about this last spot now? Rudy Gay, you mentioned Magruder. Yeah. Uh, I think Usman, who's on a two-way. He's two-way, so he'll he'll be there. I think I think um, Jerome Jerome Robinson is on a two-way. I think there's still a chance that... I, I um, Someone said something about Guy Santos and is still having a contract or a tie to his Brazilian team that he like can't get a two-way standard contract or a two-way contract for the NBA. I don't know any of that. It, that's what I heard because we thought that Guy might get it and now yeah. Jerome got it. And for those who don't know Jerome, he's been on our Santa Cruz Warriors team for a while now. He was drafted he was the by the first-round draft pick, wasn't he? He was drafted by the Clippers either two picks before or after Shea Gilgis-Alexander. 
So like, there was some real hype for him in the 2017 draft class with eight and Luca, Trey Young and all of them. He just really never panned out. I feel like his game doesn't totally translate in today's NBA. He's kind of like a mid-range guy, like a slow, methodical mid-range guy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I he so he got the two-way spot. We think Guy, maybe hopefully Guy ends up with some kind of opportunity. But yeah, that, that final spot is looking like it's either Rudy Gay or Marani Magruder. I have a feeling Kerr will like Magruder more. Um, but we need the size because Magruder is six, four, who knows if gay can even play at this point that that's to be, and then maybe, maybe we'll see maybe on, on Saturday. I don't know if he's playing or not, but I, you know, so funny because we do this podcast, I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to watch the game. I may not watch it live, but I'll watch it the way that I watch normally watch Warriors games, which is I'll skip through the commercials and mm-hmm. every time skip through free throws, yeah, like skip through free throws. And, you know, sometimes if there's a if there's a shot and, and it goes in and then it's like usually 10 seconds as they bring the ball down, I'll fast skip forward it. that and just get to the play. And <laughs> yeah. you can actually get through a game in like 45 minutes. It's actually yes, yeah, cool. Totally. So that, I, you know, I'm sure I'm going to do that for these preseason games because I do want to see what they're going to do at the end of uh, at the end of the bench here but we had a trade idea that we were kind of just circling around in chat with the idea that Robert Williams possibly gets moved from Portland and you thought it would take JK and mm-hmm. maybe even a pick alongside JK to get Robert Williams but is that somebody who could be a game changer on this team do you think I think healthy. Yeah. I mean, Draymond said it in the uh, media day where it's he like they asked him about like the size thing. And he's like, look, you know, I've been an undersized guy. People undervalued me. And and look, I proved them wrong. And then he goes, but I think we do need size. <laughs> and, and Robert Williams is the epitome of that. He is someone who's maybe even a little undersized in terms of the center, but he guards up. He's such a great defender, such a great rim protector. Mm-hmm. He was someone that actually kind of like, you know, you I feel like you are someone who bases other players value on if they're Are they playing against, against the warriors <laughs> robert a williams a lot of it robert williams played really well against the warriors for being hobbled out there in the finals this is but the, that that's another point this guy's always hobbled he's never 100 yeah. percent, kind of like gp2 so um there's there's risk in that but i do think that for the present term which it sounds like is the direction they went with even acquiring a player like cp3 we're going in on the steph era i think robert williams would help this team more this year than Kaminga and Saric combined, in my opinion. But so. you, but you are somebody who never, ever, ever wants to give up on Jonathan Kaminga. That seems never like that trade would break your heart. It would. It would. I'd be really sad. Yeah, I've I've totally been like the pro young guy on this on this podcast. But I don't know. I've, you you watch how some of these years on have unfolded, and it's like, you know, last year it was really Steph against the field. He had no help, and that feels like you know a big part of it is you know four roster spots were going to players under the age of 21 <laughs> who, who Kerr wasn't playing. And then you, it's just going against all of the fundamentals that this team was built on where Kerr trusts the veterans and that management wanted to go in the young guy's way. And I was like, Ooh, you know, we have a dual two two timeline thing, but no, it was just one timeline and the other t- was just carrying the other timeline on its back. So um, I, I think there is a little bit of a difference this year where it, they drafted older with Pajemski. He's 21. Trace Jackson Davis was a four-year player. He's 22. So I think they have kind of gone against the let's draft for the high upside 18-year-old. Um, and now Kaminga and Moody are both 21 themselves. So, but I just I I I I still think that getting having players that Kerr can trust in the playoffs and and guys that seem like Warriors guys, I think Robert Williams would be a Warriors guy. Um and I think they would accept that trade. It sounds like Robert Williams is coming off of the bench for them. He's on an insanely team-friendly deal. I think he's the four, only getting paid four like, for forty-eight. Four uh, for forty-eight. He's Twelve million dollars a year. What did he sign? When did he sign? He signed this last year. That's crazy. So, That's so crazy. They, yeah, so he's locked in for another loony level for under three payment. years. And but because of that, he would definitely cost them more uh, rather than if he was like on a uh, you know a free agent next year. So that yeah, you're. I think you're right. It, it, it is going to cost. A hefty fee uh, to get him. The, the I'm problem, wondering though, how are how? Okay, sorry, go go for it. No, I was going to say the the problem with it. You mentioned the injuries. He only played 35 games last year. Yeah. He did play in 20 of the postseason games, but not 
very not very many minutes uh, at all, and his post postseason numbers were way down. Like some of those numbers in the in the Miami series, like he had like seven points and one rebound. Like not, he didn't look great. Yeah. Uh, but the year that you know we saw him against the Warriors in in the, in the finals, he was ten and ten, and you know he shoots seventy percent from the field because all he does is dunk. Uh, and he's a halfway decent free throw shooter, you know, 70%, 65%. Uh, so it's not necessarily like he he's off the court to, to be fouled, but uh, only 25. But yeah, it's just it's just a history of, of injury thing. And it's it's that is always going to be the question mark when you when you talk about him. But, you know, if you are a team like the Warriors and you've already shown an insistence on trading a young guy for an old guy, imagine the CP thing with him, too. Right. And so trading a Kaminga for a Robert Williams, knowing that Robert Williams is on the deal. Now, the, what that will say, though, is is basically will say, well, they gave up on Wiseman. They traded him for second round draft picks to get GP back. And then they gave up on Poole and traded him for a guy who's basically in an option year. And then you would give up J.K., yeah. Uh, before and, and and so basically what it tells the, the rest of the NBA is like, you know, we have a we have a clock that is ticking and we cannot wait for these guys. to. We develop. have a clock that is ticking. We are bad at developing. And three, which I think is a very reasonable third option, is that look how much money is already being committed to five players. We have the second tax threshold that's coming in that actually has implications that will hurt the team, whereas you can't trade picks or like so I, for, I forgot the, the full rules but it is something that teams are not wanting to cross because there's actual implications now i don't know the numbers but you talk about kaminga and moody both being extension eligible this summer like do the warriors even have enough money to like i'm sure they're working it out and i'm sure they they know their numbers and of, of course but like can they afford <laughs> that's they the other afford thing. to extend these guys so maybe it's not well, only like hey we suck at developing but also like Hey, we legitimately cannot keep these players rostered. Well, they have a club option that they exercise for Kaminga this year, so it'd be six million this year, and I think next year it's like seven and a half. So they like they don't have to sign him next year; they could just exercise the option. Well, yeah, and, and even when they extend him, like that, the extension doesn't kick in right away. It's right. when the rookie contract ends. Like same similar. With yeah, Jordan they didn't Poole. have wasn't to pay making... Jordan. They didn't have to pay Jordan Poole a cent over his rookie deal because mm-hmm. of when they traded him. But the other thing is, is Robert Williams makes twelve. JK makes six. So that that's six million that the Warriors would have to find. Yeah, my what trade if- was my trade was Kaminga and Sarich. Uh, I think that's what I said in the chat. And that is, you know, two According rotation. According to Kawakami, Sarich is one of Steve Kerr's favorite guys. Sorry, Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? If you tell me that Robert Williams and Sarich and They've, Looney are on the same team. That makes sense. If you tell me that it's only Lo, uh, Looney and Williams, it doesn't really make sense because neither of those guys are offensive players. And Saric is an, a little bit more of an offensive player. So I don't know. It, look, I, there, there's a little bit of duplicity with Looney and, and Williams that may not actually work out. I wonder. We just don't have like a legitimate rim protector right now. And I feel like we've always had those guys. Maybe we didn't in, 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 in 2022. Game. I mean, he, you know, he does block shots still. One and a half blocks. Who? Rob Williams. Oh, yeah. No, Rob Williams is a rim protector. That's like, you know, he probably should be getting more than 1.5. But he scares he scares people from even entering the lane. You know, I don't know. I, I think um, they were using, you know, when, when Rudy Gobert got traded, from Utah to the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves gave up the rights to Walker Kessler, and people were looking at it all season of like, "Look, Walker Kessler is averaging more blocks per game and more blocks rates." And it's like, well, it's because Rudy has so much um, merit that people don't even want to test him at the rim. So I, I think there is a little bit of that with Rob Williams, and even like a guy like Claxton in in, uh, in New York as well. Like those guys, I feel like have established like, "Hey, don't enter the paint, or something's going to happen." Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, we'll end the podcast with thoughts on Saturday. What are you looking forward to? What are you going to have your eye on when it comes to Saturday's game? Um, I think I'm definitely going to have my eye on how Clay looks because we know that he had a, a rough start to the last year because he didn't really work out whatsoever. But this summer, he, he got a lot of work in, so I'm excited to see if he hits the ground running. I'm excited to see, and I'm not going to judge anything off of one preseason game, good or bad. 
I'll probably do it off a of good because I just can't help myself. He's gonna but, chuck. Um, he's definitely gonna chuck. He's definitely gonna chuck. I'm excited to finally see Wiggins. Like, like it's like we, we keep forgetting Wiggins and all of this. We keep saying, Oh my god, I can't wait to see what it looks like. Steph Clay, Draymond, and CP. How about the guy who many people <laughs> say was the second best player on the 2022 championship roster? I think we just forgot about him because he barely played last year, but I'm excited to see what he looks as well. They were talking about him plus minus, like when you do the when Steph and Dre are going to be tied together in minutes, like which of Clay and Wiggins is going to stay with them? And I agreed with Slater. Slater said he thinks Wiggins would stay with them. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Slater. Yeah, and then Clay mm-hmm. would go with like the CP3 and the Kaminga crew and, and and those type of. And I think that makes sense. And I'm excited to see how that you know kind of how 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 these different lineup combinations look together. I'm obviously excited to see, see yeah just how CP looks with some of the backups. Um, yeah, no, I'm super excited. <sighs> Can we like not play Steph a lot this preseason? I'm I, not that I'm worried. I know the guy's in tremendous shape. He's uh, a freak of nature as far as his longevity is concerned. When his, especially when his career didn't start off that way. I'm I'm just antsy. I'm antsy because I want to see this team, but the, always in the back of my mind, that little black cloud that's hanging over is just like, if Steph gets hurt, then like the Warriors are done, you know, like that kind of thing. But you know, maybe with CP, maybe that is not the case. You know, he can keep things uh, afloat if, if Steph does get hurt. But I just let's just not overplay Steph here. Let's just uh, chill on those Steph. Let's let's get B pods a lot of minutes. Lots of B pods. Lots of B pods. Yeah, I want to see some. And then, I know. Yeah. I know. I know you want to end this podcast, and I don't know. You know, we're at forty-five minutes. It's probably a good spot to end. Can we quickly just like? <laughs> do you think this will work? Like, do you think MP3? you see how we stack up against the West? You have Denver up there. You have Laker, the Lakers, who clearly saw an issue and added. And I think their additions were amazing. Phoenix, who you know did the Bradley Beal thing, they did Nurkic, and now they filling filling out with more depth. And that depth is to be to be seen if they're good or not. We'll see. But with the Warriors and what they addressed in the summer, um, we both predicted that Jordan Poole would not be on the rosters. Uh, Slater didn't. Haha. And, <laughs> and, and look what happened. Slater. His whole article was about how Jordan was going to be like a, a long-term puzzle piece. Like a week team. before it happened, too. Like, he got buttonhooked by some of his inside <laughs> sources. And we were just like, hell no. But, um, but it's, yeah, it's like what they address. I think I did – um, when I was just – I just remember watching those Kings and Lakers things. It'd be like, here's what we need. You know, we need these guys who are going to be playing more regular season games. We need these guys who are going to be getting to the line more because we didn't have someone who's getting to the line more. Wiggins not there, and then Jordan was really the only person consistently getting the free throw line. So now you need a guy who gets to the line. You need a guy who attacks the rim who's also in turn going to get to the line. You need a guy who's going to be playing more regular season games because when Steph goes out, it feels hopeless sometimes. And Jordan kind of willed us to a six seed, him and Clay. And you also need a, a rim protector, and it's like, they didn't address any of that. Mm-hmm. Like they got CP who you'd think is a grifter. We all think he's like a great grifter, but you look at his free throws numbers, they've been going down. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's, he's, and he's, he's opposite of what I'm saying. And we need someone who's going to be playing more regular season games. Not only will he not be playing more regular season games, we also don't want him to be playing more regular season games because he always flames out in the playoffs because he's injured. And it's just like, I think they didn't address any of the things in and And I'm not the guy in the front office. I'm not the basketball genius. But these are just things that I thought was obvious to me that I saw. They didn't mm-hmm. address a rim protector. They didn't address, you know, just a lot of things that I, I you know, at the end of the day, this all is going to this all is going to be how good is 30 like it, it like it always is. And 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 the rest will follow. But I am like, I, I, I just I I'm I mean, I guess I'm just skeptical but at the same time i could see the path where it works whereas jordan Poole, not to blame everything on him but just i think they enjoy having someone who's an adult in the room someone who is going to play really smart basketball someone who has who wants to go out there and compete like not to say jordan wasn't all of those things but i genuinely do think he had some uh some poor me syndrome out there a little bit and I, I, I don't know. I, I think there is a path where I see this working, where it's just you know, why do we ever doubt the Warriors type of thing? So, but what do you think? And like, okay, uh, I think Denver, the Lakers, the Suns, those are the teams that you mentioned. I think they are above the Warriors at this point. I think so too. I think the Jonathan Kaminga, and this is why he has to come out and play well this year because he is the trade chip. 
there are guys who are going to be available. Last year, remember last year when we were talking about who's available, we were like, Siakam, you know, is Miles Turner available? What about OG Ananobi? Like, there are guys, but they, they, the Warriors have guards. They need wings. They need guys who can play three and four. And so if you can use Kaminga as a way to get a Siakam or a Miles Turner, um, who's the other one I was just looking at right now? OG. Uh, like a, OG. They'll um, never trade OG, by the way. I, I like, mean, even like a, a even like I, I don't think Aiton is a, is a great fit for, for the Warriors just because he's also kind of young and, and I'm sure he would give Steve Kerr some headaches. But something like that where you kind of you need a guy if uh if davis is hot and you know the warriors are just not able to stop him you need somebody who could just kind of bump up against him and, and give him a little bit of of uh frustration and you know and and so if it is those guys like like miles turner you would think would be someone who'd be perfect for the warriors because offensively he can space right and then defensively, he can block shots. He's not going to be your best rebounder, but you have Draymond next to Miles Turner, uh, and you know Miles Turner could probably even play a little bit with, with Loon just because of his ability to space. It's guys like that who, if they make that kind of deal, then you're like, okay, that deal is to match up against the Lakers, or it's to match up against Denver, it's to match up against uh, Milwaukee, Boston, and that's a, but they're going to have to be patient with stuff like that because um, the deadline is where you make those kind of trades, right? It's, it's these teams really, really waiting to get, to get rid of these guys waiting to the last minute. So I think the Warriors fans are gonna have to be patient, but I do think Kaminga, it is paramount that he plays well because he has to be an attractive guy, attractive piece. We, we know that they don't give a crap about draft picks. They're going to trade whatever draft pick exists they, they they don't even have next year's draft pick that where did that end up uh it, it ends ended up, up in, in the portland. boston trade right to portland yeah, so yeah, portland so you know they're gonna do whatever it takes and i think though that kind of move will be out there now if they don't do that and they go into the whole thing small like they are right now i think we're gonna see that we'll see the same thing happen where you get against the 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 good big team is going to beat the good little team now the great little team can beat the good big team the Warriors were not the great little team in that series last year. Not at all. You had one guy playing well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it was good. Well, we have some Warriors basketball here on Saturday, and I think uh, you and I will probably be going week to week from here on out. And, you know, maybe we'll do some special stuff. I am currently doing some uh, podcast stuff for 49ers. Uh, in the midweek, you know, we're not going live and streaming, but we're doing stuff for the podcast feed. And I think I'm going to do some similar stuff. You know, for the Warriors, if Brian and I can't get together after a game and, and do a live stream like after opening night or something, maybe do like a 10 to 15 minute thing on, on the game uh, just for the podcast audience. So that I'm looking to for uh, looking to do more stuff like that for this feed. So, uh, all right, we will be back next week. Have fun watching the Warriors this weekend in chase and i think there's about i'll take three to one odds that bry figures out how to find a ticket for for saturday <laughs> all right thanks for the confidence okay so um yeah we'll be back for bry i'm double g we'll see you when we see you peace out